coming up. How, why, why isn't someone stopping it? How come, where, where, what happened in this system, in this situation, where this is okay? I don't know. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Stacy Feldman was found unresponsive in her Denver area home in March 2015. Three years later, her husband was charged with her murder. But Robert Feldman still hasn't faced a jury. Kevin Vaughn, investigative reporter at KUSA 9 News in Denver, has been following some of the latest news about Robert Feldman. He's been on house arrest, but it seems he's been out of the house quite a bit. Kevin, we'll get to all that, but let's go back to 2015 and what we know about what happened to Stacey Feldman. Yeah, March 1st, 2015, um, Robert Feldman called 911, reported that his wife, uh, Stacey, uh, was in the bathtub unresponsive. Um, the paramedics and firefighters and so forth came to the house, and uh, despite efforts to resuscitate her, she uh, she died. And um, police were initially suspicious, but the uh, coroner, the Denver coroner's office, you know, did an autopsy and an investigation, and basically ruled the death undetermined, the cause of death undetermined. Left it with um, you know just a lot of unanswered questions. Denver police investigators were suspicious. They were suspicious of uh, what they thought were inconsistencies in Robert Feldman's answers about his activities that day um, and things other people said, people that had interactions with him and with Stacy as well. And then a few months after her death, uh, a woman called detectives and said that she had met Robert Feldman online on a dating site, um, Tinder, and had um, had actually slept with him, and he had told her he was divorced and so forth. But then she became suspicious and had started uh, trying to look into his background a little bit, discovered an email address for Stacy Feldman and sent her an email asking if she and Robert Feldman were still married. And uh, this is all according to court documents. Stacy Feldman said, yeah, we're still married, and so... Uh, the woman told her that, you know, um, I've had an affair with him and I wanted you to know that. Um, he told me he was divorced and um, she and Stacy Feldman then talked by phone um, uh, that same day, the same day she made contact. And that was also the day that Stacy Feldman died. The contact was, you know, five or six hours before Robert Feldman's 911 call. So that made police extremely suspicious, as you might imagine. And um, they continued investigating um, into 2016 and into 2017. At some point, they brought in an outside uh, expert, a doctor, to examine the um, to, to examine the autopsy report and the findings from the autopsy and the photos from the autopsy and so forth. And that doctor looked at all of that stuff and came to the conclusion that Stacey Feldman was, in fact, murdered, that she was strangled or suffocated and that, um, you know, the physical injuries on her, you know, visible on her body um, supported that. The original coroner had attributed those injuries possibly to attempts to resuscitate her or get her out of the bathtub. The second doctor said no, she was a victim of an assault and she was she was killed. And so that led to Robert Feldman's arrest in February of 2018, you know, almost three years after Stacy's death. 
A mother from Denver whose death was originally classified as undetermined was suffocated, strangled, or a combination of both. And that is according to an expert witness who shared testimony today. Robert Feldman has been charged with killing his wife, Stacy, in March of 2015. Feldman was arrested in February of this year. Court records say that Feldman told investigators his wife slipped and fell in the bathtub. Now, an expert for the prosecution told the court today the victim's extensive injuries can't be attributed to her slipping and falling in a bathtub. Yeah, so Robert Feldman is arrested. He's charged with first-degree murder. The vast, vast, vast majority of people charged with first-degree murder in Colorado are not given bail. Um, there's a, a legal standard here known as proof evident presumption great. Um, and basically, at a preliminary hearing, the prosecution has to lay out, lay out enough evidence for a judge to conclude that, you know, proof that this crime occurred and that this person is guilty is evident and you know, and the presumption of that is great. And in this case, the judge ruled that the prosecution did not meet that standard, that they did not reach proof evident presumption great, which made Bob Feldman um, eligible for bail. Um, he was released in July of 2018. Um, in the custody of, or, 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 or under sort of the management of an agency in Denver called Denver Pretrial Services. And they gave him a GPS ankle monitor, and told him essentially that he needed to stay home except for uh, specific exceptions. And those were, he could go to meetings with his lawyer, he could go to his court dates, um, he could uh, go to the grocery store uh, once a week, um, he could go to doctor's appointments and things like that, but he generally was supposed to be spending most of his time at home. But the judge did start allowing him to go to his synagogue daily um, to to pray, uh, and that went on for about a year. He also, at some point, uh, was given permission to take walks. Um, so those were basically the, the rules under which he was allowed out of his house the rest of the time he was supposed to be spending in his house. Kevin, then issues started to arise with this house arrest. Tell me about that. A couple of things were going on. He has a pool in his backyard, a swimming pool, and uh, he was renting out his backyard pool for like pool parties. Robert Feldman is facing murder charges in the death of his wife, Stacy, in 2015. He's currently out on bond and accused of renting out his pool. Denver's Community Planning and Development Department says it issued a notice to stop renting it out commercially. The home isn't zoned for that, and it's a violation to rent out a personal pool for commercial use. The city says a zoning inspector visited the home on South Potomac this morning and saw people dropping kids off for a pool party. The department will check back in in 10 days to make sure he is following the orders. If he is, the city says there won't be a punishment. So we reported on that last year, and we also did report that he was um, appearing under different profiles on different dating sites, sometimes using different names, different ages, describing his um, Jewish faith different ways on different ones, like, you know, reform, reform, on one and orthodox on another, that kind of thing. And we actually talked to a couple of women who had gone out on dates with him. One of them had gone out on dates with him before he was arrested. The other one, though, had gone on dates with him after his arrest, it had gone on one date. They met in a park right near his house, and, um, you know, she didn't know anything about uh, the fact that he was facing a first-degree murder charge until after the date. Um, you know, he told her he had some legal issues, she told us, and then she went home and Googled it and was like, 
you know, shocked. He contacted me through JD. He seemed genuine. Stephanie Shoemaker. He was very charming. And Tracy Fagan. He seemed really nice. He was interested in, in me as a person. Don't know each other, but they say they each went on one date with Robert Feldman, completely unaware of what had happened to his wife, Stacy. I'm glad I followed my intuition and didn't go over there. I wish I would have went with my gut instinct and left when I knew something was not right. It is scary. I really don't want any other woman to be in that situation. You know, we had periodically gotten complaints from people in the neighborhood and from people close to Stacy Feldman that he was not following the, um, you know, the rules of, of his home detention. And so we had, um, you know, several times had spent some time out there uh, just sort of watching to see if he was leaving and so forth. And um, we caught video of him at one point on his bike leaving. The thing is, riding his bike was not forbidden in and of itself. If he was riding his bike, you know, to his religious service he's allowed to go to or riding his bike to court or to his lawyer's office or something, um, that was okay under the rules. More recently, though, um, we sort of got the idea that he was going a lot of places he wasn't supposed to be going. <laughs> so you started tracking him to some extent after this was first brought to light last year, right? That's true. Um, so what happened was the um, uh, the people that, that were watching him went to court last fall and basically said he's violating the rules. He's going to places he's not supposed to be going. He's gone from home longer than he's supposed to be gone, and he's going a long way from his home. And interestingly, we separately discovered that he had a page on this app known as Strava. Um, Strava is one of those apps that people have on their phone that that, um, records your exercise if you go on walks or hikes or bike rides or whatever. It's GPS enabled, and you can record you know, how long you were gone and how fast, if you're riding your bike, how fast you rode. And it records even down to whether you're moving or whether you're stopped. So you ride your bike for an hour and you stop and sit down and have lunch for half an hour and then start riding again. It records that downtime if you leave the app running. And there's an ability with it to post this online. And so we discovered that he had been doing that. And so then we went back and looked at the video we had of him riding his bike and we were able to line it up exactly with Uh, a couple of the rides on his Strava post. So then we started looking at all of those closely and we're seeing stops at restaurants. We're seeing stops at coffee shops. Um, We're seeing um, certainly rides to his attorney's office and rides to medical clinics and so forth, which again, the ride in and of itself probably, uh, well, not probably, the ride in and of itself would not have raised a red flag, but but these other rides, these rides were with stops at coffee shops and so forth, restaurants, um, that would have raised uh, uh, an issue for pretrial services. And also we discovered rides where he was gone three and a half, four and a half, in one case, five and a half hours and had gone clear to the other side of the Denver area. I mean, he was a long way from home, 10 miles or more from home. So, um, as with everything in COVID, you know, in the COVID reality we're in now, the courts are backed up and way behind. And so even though this complaint was filed in court with him last October, it wasn't until just a few weeks ago that it actually got before a judge and there was a hearing held. 
And uh, the judge at that point, you know, basically said, you know, you want exercise, you can have unlimited use of your backyard. Otherwise, you, you can go to court, you can go to meetings with your lawyer, you can go to the doctor and you can get groceries and you can go to one religious service a week. Um, and that's it. So, um, you know, significantly curtailed what he should be doing. Um, he has been riding, as near as we can tell, the rides we've been seeing since that ruling have all been to either a grocery store, a synagogue, or uh, the most recent one we looked at went to his lawyer's office. So, um, so that's where it stands now, and it's scheduled to go to trial in October. And Kevin, you were tracking him on the app then much of the time, in addition to following him in person, but the app doesn't always tell the full story. Yeah, the, the hardest thing is that we don't, because we weren't at these places, we can't say with certainty what he actually did there. Um, so when, when you see the app stop at a Starbucks and, and you see it moving all around, you know, make the assumption that he was having coffee and so forth, but we weren't there, we didn't see that. Um, there were also some rides where he just drops off the the app for a while. So there's a there was a ride that was particularly interesting to us because he he rode across Denver, then he got on a light rail train and went a little ways, like a couple stops, five minute ride, got off, rode into downtown Denver, and then the app shut off. Um, which you know, lots of people using it would do that. If you if you get off your bike to have lunch, you're not going to record yourself just sitting in one place. Then the app came back on at a light rail station clear on the western side of the city. So, you know, we believe he got, he, pro- he likely got on a train in downtown Denver and rode this train out to uh, this, this um, station in Golden and then got back on his bike, turned this, the app back on and rode home. Um, but it was, you know, again, like I said, some of these absences... Uh, we don't know exactly what he did. What we do know is when he left his house and when he got back. And some of them, like I said, were three and a half, four and a half, more than five and a half hours long. But then, Kevin, you also got some actual video of Feldman riding around on his bike, right? We're mostly looking at the app. And the times that we have observed him and shot video and photographs, you know, all of our videos time-coded and so forth. So we were able to say, okay, the the app shows on this date that he left his house at this time and we had video from that date and we went to that time in our video and sure enough there he was riding his bike away from his house and on one of those days the app showed that he came home and rode past his house and went around the block and came back uh home again and our video showed that exact same thing so um, that's what gave us confidence that the app was accurately recording what he was doing and where he was going Kevin, friends of Stacey Feldman are understandably outraged. Tell us about what you've learned. Absolutely. I mean, their feeling is that he's out living his life and, you know, his his legal case has been beset with delays and um, they're frustrated by that. How, why, why isn't someone stopping it? How come, where, what, what happened in this system, in this situation where this is okay? I don't know, but it's, 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 painful quite frankly painful to hear about and um it's just sort of a salt and a wound delays um 
you know, not of his making necessarily. I mean, you know, filings by his attorneys and so forth. But, um, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples. He inherited about $750,000 in life insurance uh, proceeds after Stacy's death. And after he was charged with murder, Stacy's family went to court and argued that, um, that he should not be able to use that money to defend himself. And in fact, that that money should go to the couple's children to, toward their care. And so at that point, the, the criminal case was put on hold for months while that battle was fought in civil court, in, you know, in probate court, because um, it would have meant a change of attorneys for Robert Feldman. In other words, if he lost access to that money, he would have had to have relied on a public defender. And at one point, actually, his private attorneys uh, withdrew from the case because there was a ruling that, indeed, he could not have access to that money. And then the public defender started on the case. And then a higher court overturned that ruling. And then um, his private attorneys came back on. So that led to lots of delays. And then, um, you know, the trial schedule, like I said, to start October 1st. It's fair to say people close to Stacey Feldman are frustrated that three-plus years after his arrest, um, He's still sleeping in his own bed every night and has not been before a jury. All right, my thanks to Kevin Vaughn, investigative reporter at KUSA 9 News in Denver. You bet. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a great review if you like what you hear. And if you'd like to learn more about the show and Vault Studios, check out our Facebook group, Inside the Crime Vault.